Washington walks into Atlanta and walks out with the W. It's the onesie time here on Rest of District. Greetings and salutations and welcome to Ref the District's Instant Reaction. I'm Nathan Perry. That's the stoner. We are here on the Believe Network celebrating a Washington Commanders victory 24 to 16 away from the home stadium. Desmond Ritter's first loss and the first sighting of this onesie. It's new to this season. Of course, if you're new to, new to Ref the District after every Washington victory, I got to get on a, a onesie. Oh, yeah. hate it. Washington been on the losing end for too long, three games in a row. Mm -hmm. Back into the W. How did it happen, Stoner? Ooh, where do we even start? There's there's a lot to get into for this game, of course, on our instant reaction, but it's probably the opposite of everything that's happened so far this year. The defense led the team this week, only giving up 16 points. Jack Del Rio has been just absolutely vilified in the media this week, rightfully so. He's been vilified on this program as well. But he made adjustments, and it seems like he made the right adjustments. We did talk about how Atlanta is not necessarily an explosive offense. They're only averaging like 16 points a game, and what did they score, 16? But still, they have some dudes on that team, and you still, they're an NFL team. You still have to stop them. And Washington's defense did that. That seems to be where it is. You saw a lot more five-man defensive line fronts. You saw, of course, Emmanuel Forbes not starting and Danny Johnson out there making plays. You saw Kalike Hudson out there. Fans have been calling for Kalike since training camp, and he's out there making plays. And then when you needed it most, you rely on the fact that Atlanta has an inexperienced quarterback who's really not that great, at least yet, and they intercepted him three times in the second half and came away with this victory. The defense won this game, and I can't believe I'm saying that. The defense won the game for Washington. After three straight games, four straight games have given up 30 points, Washington's mm -hmm. defense holds them to 16 points. You mentioned those three second-half interceptions. Yeah. Two of them in the red zone. Yeah. Um, and only three sacks. I think that's what's surprising for this defense was they they did win the game, but they won mm -hmm. it in a way that I don't think we were expecting because Washington – did allow Desmond Ritter to throw for 307 yards. Sure. And he did have two touchdown passes in that time, that span as well. But like I said, kind of crunching down when it mattered most. And then probably even more importantly, they did not get run on 100, 106 yards. I mean, uh, that's reasonable, but it was at 3.7 yards a clip. Washington yeah. wasn't giving up big runs. In fact, Bijan Robinson held the 37 on the ground and 43 in the uh, in the air there. So, I mean, we predicted him to have like 100 and some odd yards. And I think I maybe I actually might have, you can check the notes, said he wasn't right. going to pass 125 yards um, total from offense. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. We They held Bijan Robinson to under 100 yards, you know, from scrimmage. How big was that for Washington, the run defense? Yeah, it, it was huge. The run defense absolutely showed up this game. Atlanta is known for running the ball. That's what they were good at, especially last year. They were great at it last year. For some reason, they got out of that game plan throughout most of the game. I mean, Desmond Ritter threw 25 passes in the first half. 
And we screamed at halftime and said, look, if he throws 25 passes again in the second half, Washington's going to win because you don't want Desmond Ritter throwing the ball 50 times. And sure enough, he throws those three picks. But stopping the run was key to all of that. 3.7, did you say, yards per carry? Mm -hmm. Their average, they got 106 yards total, but only 3.7 yard average. They could not run the ball. I think their longest run was that nine yarder in the fourth quarter that that B. Yeah, they had, got. they had Desmond Ritter with a 13 yard scramble. I don't Al, Al, Algier had an 11 yard run, but yeah. Okay. Bijan Robinson held to 2.8 yards carry, and Algier was yeah. at 3.9. It was just not a great running day for the Atlanta rushing. And they, mm-hmm. they kept at it, though. That was something you could say about Atlanta, was they never abandoned it, even when they were down 14 points. Yeah. If if you look at the stat sheet, everything says Atlanta should win this football game. They completely dominated the time of possession, 36 minutes to 23 minutes, uh, you know, in change for uh for Washington, 25 to 13 in first downs, 402 to 193 in total yards. Uh anywhere everywhere that you look, I mean, they were five for fifteen on on uh third down conversions where Washington was two of ten. And so on the stat sheet, they dominated. The problem was they have a quarterback that's not very good, and he made critical mistakes at critical times. Some of those passes, you were just looking and you were going, what is he doing? And sorry, I'm going to put another dollar in the jar, but he made some Taylor (laughs) Heineke-type throws. That interception in the end zone, Taylor Heineke, over the course of his Washington career, made like three of those where you're just like, what are you doing? You can't throw that lob into the end zone with a defense there so it was the difference of their quarterback and all the mistakes he made it it was that interception that benjamin st juice had in the end zone was that i just don't know what desmond Ritter was looking at but i'm thankful that that was a white jersey on the other end of that Mm -hmm. uh, ugly pass there um so i did misspeak earlier the uh only one of those interceptions was in Oh, so Jamin uh, Davis wasn't quite in the yeah. It was it was was close twenty twenty six yards line, but that's how the game ended. Was Jamin Davis, who has been under a lot of scrutiny as one of the Ron Rivera, Jack Del Rio first round picks that yeah seemingly hasn't really done anything. But I will say this: this linebacker core today had a Mm -hmm. heck of a game. Cody Barton showed up. Kalike Hudson. Had himself a game. I mean, yeah. Jonathan Allen was a big part of the reason why they were able to stop. The defense was able to get a fourth and goal stop, mm-hmm. but or without Kalike Hudson getting in there and mixing it up, that is that that one goes for a score. Yeah, and there was a lot of plays like that from the defense and all over the place. The, as you said, the the linebacking crew was good, and I think that goes. Look, we have to do it. it the credit I think goes a lot to Jack Del Rio. Mm-hmm. for this he should probably get a game ball because of the adjustments he made that five-man defensive front was freeing up cody barton to make those tackles at the line of scrimmage and he didn't have to fight off an offensive lineman so instead of having those four defensive linemen where now you had they have a free offensive lineman to go to the next level and to block cody Barton, they didn't have that this time mm-hmm. so cody barton's making plays and you talk about clique hudson jamin davis we were in our play-by-play when we were watching that. We saw Bijan Robinson go out wide, and we said Jamin Davis is going with him. 
He's one-on-one. There's nobody else back there. There was a defender, a safety, but there were two receivers on that side. Mm-hmm. And we said, uh-oh, Jamin Davis, one-on-one with Bijan. They're probably going there. And sure enough, they tried that quick slant, and Jamin Davis played it beautifully and intercepted master, the ball. Master class but, in that one. And also on that Kendall Fuller interception earlier in the second half, Mm-hmm. that he jumped that route. We talked, again, we talked about it when it happened. That was basically the exact same play that Kendall Fuller got beat on against Chicago and DJ Moore in that fourth quarter. The difference was Justin Fields made the perfect throw outside, yeah. high and outside, whereas Desmond Ritter just threw it inside and low, which allowed Kendall Fuller to jump that pass. Because yeah. if, Ken- if he doesn't jump it, uh What's Drake London's probably scores on that play because there's nobody back there. Yeah, it was a gamble both times by Kendall Fuller, one time paying off there for Washington Commanders, uh, correcting myself a second time Uh already early on. Kalike Hudson, Jonathan Allen combined to stop Algier on the two-point conversion. That's what it was I said. Oh, not the fourth down. Yeah, not not a fourth down. So Cody Barton had 14 tackles, by the way. One of your predictions was he would lead the team in tackles by far. Yep. Cam Curl had 11, and they're Look the at that. doing double figures. Winning all over the place here. A little pat <laughs> nice on the, the back for myself here. It isn't all yeah. roses and uh, happiness, though, True. for the Washington Commanders. Washington held a 14-point lead, and they did not score any more points after that, though. Yeah, in fact, they hung only, on. Yeah, they, they really hung on. In fact, the only points in the second half that they scored – were off of a very short field. Sam Howell had a reasonable game. Three touchdowns on 151 yards, 14 of 23, getting a rating of 119. What did you make of this offense, though, that featured Terry McLaurin 11 targets? Yeah, that's the big one. They they basically said, look, we're going to throw the ball to Terry McLaurin. And a lot of times he was covered and he threw it anyway. But uh, that's what they need to do. 11 targets is huge. Six for 81 is a really big deal offensively they weren't great they were efficient at times but they only scored seven points in the second half uh offensively and that was that one drive which was a really good drive that they scored on but otherwise they were they were pretty good sam was pretty good i would give him probably what would i grade him because he had three touchdowns i would probably grade him a c plus because he again he took five sacks atlanta came into the game with five sacks on the season and he gave up five more. What is that? 34 sacks in six games. He's still on target to absolutely shatter the all-time record. Not him, but you know, the team, whatever. The team, sure. So they've got they've still he's still got work to do on holding the ball too long, not throwing it away, whatever. He runs into a lot of sacks uh where the defense is. And so they got to work on that. But he was he didn't turn the ball over, he threw three touchdown passes. He threw it at a pretty decent rate, 14 out of 23, as you said, which is probably, I don't know, the number 60%, maybe a little less than that, 55%, whatever. And then running the ball, they committed to it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. They weren't great at it, but they committed it, committed to it a little bit more. So if I do the numbers, 28 dropbacks, 22 rushes. Yeah. That's going to win you games, Nathan. That sort of ratio is going to help you win. Help you win games. You are going to need to get a little bit more production on the ground as those yeah. twenty-two rushes ended with seventy-two yards. Brian right. Robinson only with thirty-one yards in the day. Surprise of the game to me, 
Chris Rodriguez getting some action there. Four rushes, 23 yards. Of course, the big 13-yard run uh, being a big bolster to that. What did you make of Chris Rodriguez getting some of the, the snaps at running back? Yeah, and he showed a little explosiveness. He missed a lot the last two games because of illness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he should be pretty fresh getting out there and, and getting some uh, run. Um, so, yeah, Chris Rodriguez did what you would expect uh, the third running back to do is come in for a drive or two and and give the other guys some rest. Um, I mean, it's, it's just weird to kind of look at the numbers sometimes. And I thought Gibson was good, but he only had three rushes for 15 yards. Although I thought when he was running, he looked pretty explosive. Um, so they did commit to the run, which is a lot more. But another thing to be concerned about in that second half, when you had that lead and your responsibility is to use that clock and run the ball, they couldn't do it against Atlanta. Now Atlanta has a good run defense, but still you want your team when you're up by eight points with five minutes to go in the game in the fourth quarter to be able to just take that ball and run it down their throat and use all the clock. And they couldn't do it. They couldn't even get a first down. Yeah. Can't call yourself a good running team. If you can't run the ball when the defense knows that you have to run the ball. Uh, One of the things I've been very critical of this year, Stoner has been Tressway's punting. Mm -hmm. It has not been the normal Tressway we expect him to be today though, was vintage Tressway. How big was it that the special teams came up big even though they're missing Jeremy Reeves. Yeah, uh, there was a couple of plays for, well, I mean, the special teams in general, as you said. Mm-hmm. Joyce Sly, one for one on his field goals right down the middle, made all his extra points. And you had the Tressway punts. You had one big one that was a 51-yarder that pinned them back. Now, I think they went up down. I don't remember if they scored. Either way, he pinned them back at their inside their 20. But then that one in the fourth quarter, when he put it up nice and high, and then their their punt returner botched it by letting it bounce and not catching it and letting that clock run down and ended up using it up down to the two-minute warning so they didn't get that free timeout. As you mentioned on the broadcast, if he had caught that, they still would have had a couple of seconds left and would have got a free timeout. But then the special teams, and we're not even talking about this because it happened so early in the game, but that Jamison Crowder return, he almost broke it for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Took it all the way to the nine-yard line. I don't know how long that return was. 60-some-odd yards was huge. And as somebody pointed out in our chat on our broadcast, that could be a season-turning play from Jamison Crowder on that punt return. So special teams gets an A today. Yeah, 61-yard return 61. there on that punt. Set up Washington with great field position. Yeah. And Washington, only for the second time this season, went into half with a lead, this time 17 to 10. Mm-hmm. And a part of that was that um, excellent return because that set up a three-play drive. It was Sam Howell to Curtis Samuel, nine yards. Then Brian Robinson rushed for one yard. And then Antonio Gibson on a one-yard catch for the touchdown. Brilliant play design there on that touchdown, by the way, from mm-hmm. Eric Bieniemy. So as much as I definitely think that the offense is a work in progress, that particular play was an excellent job by Eric Bieniemy. Beautifully run by Antonio Gibson and Sam Howe on that one. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I mentioned the 11 targets towards Terry McLaurin. One of the things we expected from Eric Bieniemy was to kind of 
you know, spread out those targets. And while we did see, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people targeted on this, only Brian Robinson, Curtis Samuel, and Terry McLaurin finished the game with more, two or more targets. Yeah. 11 yeah. targets to Terry McLaurin, four to Curtis Samuel, and two to Brian Robinson. Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson, Jahan Dotson, and Diamond Brown only got one each. Jahan Dotson, Diamond Brown, both letting down their QB on their targets. Yeah, I mean, the Diami one is a little tougher because he had a guy holding his other arm back and he couldn't. But I think, you know, a professional player can catch that. I mean, look, some of those catches that, that Drake London made with guys all over him, yeah. uh, contested catches. But the Jahan Dotson drop was egregious. That was brutal. And he's got to fix that. He's going through something where he's got a, a couple of major drops, but he's far too talented for that to kind of be his MO or be the narrative on him. He's going to fix that. I know it because he's such a talented receiver, but he needs to, or else maybe uh, Sam Howell is going to lose confidence and throw him the ball. That ball was perfect. Mm. He threw it with enough loft that the defensive backs were kind of lost and Jahan Dotson just ran right under it and went right on his, I don't know what happened, but that was a great ball. But Overall, though, as you said, these lower numbers of targets, I mean, Sam only threw 23 passes. So you're not going to get a whole lot of targets. And 11 of those were targeted at Terry McLaurin. And I think that's a big deal. I like that he only threw 23 passes. Now he dropped back at least 28 times because he got the five sacks. But still, I like the way the offense was committed to the game plan. Their execution wasn't great, especially in the second half. But three touchdown passes from from Sam Howell and no turnovers. I mean, you'll take that every day, regardless of all the other stuff. Definitely a better game for Washington, getting them to 500 on the season. New York giants up next. We've got all your great coverage all this week. Be sure to check out day after reckoning on Monday, where we go dive deeper into this game against Atlanta give out our go-go's and no-go's and then of course a daily commanders update on Tuesday live show on Wednesday you're going to want to be there for that as we will break down our side of the Giants game so be sure check out all the great content here on ref to district but until next time oh it feels so good to get a dub be a fan